Hey everybody and welcome back on the Macro Compass. Now, you really need to pay attention to the last ECB meeting. It was the most iconic since the Draghi era. The ECB really went for it. Lagarde was as assertive and committed in the press conference as, Dar as Draghi was in the iconic speech he gave in London in 2013. Now, the main difference is that Draghi was unequivocally committed in being dovish back then and using all the ECB powers to save the euro. Lagarde, instead, was relentlessly hawkish in an attempt to show unwavering commitment to slay the European inflation dragon. This turned out to be the most iconic ECB meeting since the Draghi era, and it leaves macro and markets with crucial repercussions across asset classes, both in the short term and in the medium term. So this piece will be dedicated to breaking down the ECB meeting piece by piece and assessing the broad impact for markets and discussing the implications for tactical trade ideas and long-term portfolio allocations. Now, in my opinion, the reason why the ECB decided to go ballistic has to do with the nature and the timing of the European inflationary shock. As a reaction to the pandemic, as you well know, every government in the world basically went ahead with large-scale fiscal stimulus, a ton of newly printed real economy spendable money at a time when supply cannot adjust was obviously inflationary. But there were two major differences between, for instance, the European and the US fiscal stimulus, which are very important. Now, one, the gigantic US fiscal stimulus was very much concentrated between the first quarter of 2020 and the first quarter of 2021. The European fiscal stimulus instead was mostly implemented through the European Union programs, and hence it was much more spread out over time. Think about this a decent portion of the European fiscal stimulus will be reflected only in the 2023 and the 2024 single states fiscal budgets, so much more spread out over time. And additionally, the US labor market can quickly adjust to the ebbs and flows of the macro cycle, but the European job market is much more rigid. It takes a while for aggregate demand to be reflected into wages. What that means is that European core inflation has lagged US core inflation by six months and likely will continue to do so. So looking ahead, what that means is that inflationary pressures in Europe might well broaden and persist for another few quarters. The European Central Bank has finally understood that and also realized that that's going to be a serious problem. This problem was reflected in the ECB um, forecast ahead that sees core inflation at 4.2% by December 2023. So you heard that right. Despite already incorporating the effect of a much tighter monetary policy in their projections, the ECB expects core inflation to be at more than double its 2% target in a year ahead from today. So this aha moment and its reflection in the updated ECB projections led to the most iconic ECB meeting since the Draghi era. Lagarde's hawkish strategy to slay the European inflation dragon now revolves around two main pillars, much higher interest rates and quantitative tightening. So let's go into it. Number one, as I already anticipated months ago, the inflation dragon is not slayed with baby steps. And the chart that I produced in the article, I think is one of the most important I ever produced in Macro. If you are listening to the podcast version of this, I'll try to explain what that is. Lagarde is French, 
and she must remember the sticky inflationary experience that France had to go through in the 90s. Back then, core inflation averaged almost 4% for two consecutive years. So Banque de France was called to tighten monetary policy. But by how much did they actually need to tighten monetary policy to slay the inflation dragon? The tightness of monetary policy, guys, isn't measured by looking at absolute interest rates, but by looking at interest rates relative to equilibrium. So the equilibrium interest rates in the 90s were relatively high. Demographic trends were more promising than today. Productivity was slightly stronger, and the amount of unproductive debt burden was much lower. So the equilibrium interest rates in the 90s were around 4.5%. Today, they're only 1.5%. But how much tighter than equilibrium, how much higher than 4.5% was the Banque de France forced to go to slow inflation? And the answer is a lot. Five-year French government bond yields averaged 8% or about 300 basis points above neutral for two full years before French inflation finally came back to target to 2%. And the reason why this historical parallel matters a lot to the ECB today is that Lagarde probably understands that she might need to push rates as restrictive as 300 plus basis points above neutral again. And remember, neutral rates today are roughly in the 1.5% area. That means ECB deposit rates above 4% in 2023. Oh gosh, this was a true shock for markets. You see, so far, Markets had believed that the European Central Bank would push as hard as 3% terminal rates. You know, it's 150 basis points above neutral. It's quite something. Europe has a lot of fragilities to deal with, and they won't risk it. The problem is that when core inflation is above 5%, and it's projected to remain high for a long time, as a central banker, you're losing control. Most likely, you're about to lose the little credibility that you have left. Credibility is the true, the only true weapon that a central banker has. Without that, rate hikes, rate cuts, QE, QT, they won't matter, matter as much because markets won't believe you. So the incentive scheme of a central banker losing control is to go all in. In this way, the chances to get things under control are higher. And even if you end up causing a recession, you won't lose your job anyway. You're a central banker. So you go for it. And that's exactly what Lagarde did. Markets understood the message, but in my opinion, only partially so. Despite the huge post-ECB move in bond markets, the new ECB terminal rate is priced at 3.4% by September 2023. I think that's not enough. It's 80 basis points below the ECB's own expectation for core inflation. Now, as any other central bank trying to seriously fight inflation, ECB feels that it must bring ECB rates 50 to 100 basis points above the level of core inflation, exactly what Powell is planning to do in the US. Now, some basic mathematics for December 2023. The ECB expects core inflation at 4.2%. The market has an expected ECB rate by December 2023 of 3.3%. That obviously doesn't square. It's 90 basis points below the expected core inflation by a market. And indeed, even after the ECB meeting, several sources came to the, to the wire saying that ECB is planning to hike rates three more times by 50 basis points each, to say the least, over the next three meetings. That will bring, indeed, the European Central Bank rates to 4% as soon as possible. 
Now, 4% risk-free rates in Europe begs the question, what about Italy and all other weak borrowers? Which brings me to the second important point of the ECB meeting, which was quantitative tightening. But look, Lagarde announced 15 billion euro a month of quantitative tightening starting in the first quarter of 2023, with a clear intention to double the pace to 30 billion euro per month of quantitative tightening in the second quarter of 2023. And again, you heard that right. I'm talking about quantitative tightening in Europe. To put this in context, you need to understand and consider three things. A. Europe doesn't have a reverse repo facility. There is no easy way to sterilize quantitative tightening like maybe there would be in the US. Second point, the ECB is already encouraging or kind of forcing banks to repay the cheap pandemic loans, the famous TRO loans. The repayment will contribute already to a shrinking ECB balance sheet and quantitative tightening would pile up on top of that. Third, most importantly, Consider that for the last seven years, the European Central Bank bought the entire government bond issuance, all of it. In some years, as you can see in a chart in the article, it ended up buying even more than that. 2023 will be dramatically different. Due to rising deficits and quantitative tightening, in 2023, the situation will change and private investors will instead need to absorb a record amount of bonds. And for countries like Italy, a combination of a rapidly shrinking ECB balance sheet and excess reserves and the, the need for private investors to step up and purchase their new bond issues in 2023, yeah, what might well prove very tricky. This is how it goes. There are worse macroeconomic conditions ahead. This already leads investors to be more cautious. Yet, peripheral countries like Italy will require more private investor sponsorship for their bond issues in 2023 as the European Central Bank will not only not buy bonds, but will be doing also QT on top of that. Excess reserves will be shrinking. And so banks, which are amongst the largest buyers of peripheral bonds, will be taking a more conservative stance because their level of excess reserves will be shrinking. And this lack of sponsorship from banks, exactly when needed, will reflect into much wider credit spreads that are required to convince new private investors to step in. And I also put up a chart in the article that shows, uh, the chart is for the US, but can be also done for Europe, that a shrinking amount of reserves tends to require wider credit spreads so that investors can actually sponsor riskier borrowers. The same is likely to happen in Europe next year. Spreads will need to widen. They will widen on top of risk-free rates going up. These are very tough times ahead for weak borrowers. Now, as a conclusion and uh, and portfolio implications, trend implications, this was the most iconic ECB meeting since the Draghi era. Lagarde's unwavering commitment to Slade Inflation Dragon means that she's going to follow into Powell's footsteps and drive the European economy into severe recession, which leaves us macro investor with plenty to chew on. So on a short term, tactical trade horizon of one to two months. I think Lagarde literally told us which trades to put on. During the ECB press conference, I released the following trades on Twitter. I will be doing that not on Twitter anymore next year, but on the all-round investor tier subscription of the Macro Compass platform. The trades will be elaborated in details 
with tickers, the exact ETF for futures to buy, entry levels, exit levels, sizing, risk management, the whole thing. Now, the trades I still think will deliver meaningful returns over the next one to two months are being short Italian BTPs, being short German government bonds, and entering yield curve flatteners. So uh, to short Italian BTPs on German government bonds, you can also do that via ETFs. For instance, BTP2S or Bund2S are two ETFs that are uh, giving you short exposure on these instruments. If you're using futures, especially for Germany, I'd rather short Schatz futures than Bund futures. For institutional, more sophisticated investors, I really like curve flatteners. I think the German yield curve and the swap curve between the two-year and the 10-year will invert massively as the European Central Bank tries to reprice front-end rates. But the main point is that terminal rates are not reflecting yet what Lagarde told us, and neither are credit spreads, which are to be much wider in the beginning of 2023. From a medium-term ETF asset allocation, 6 to 12 months basis, the implications here are very clear. Stay away from European bonds, particularly 2 to 10-year bonds, European credit, real estate, and equities as much as you can. Lagarde is basically repricing risk-free rates much higher, and as the economy continues to weaken, this combination is very toxic for risk assets. The good news is that in a few quarters, sharp, smart macro investors will be able to pick up European bonds in the 4% area, exactly when it becomes increasingly clear that we are entering a serious recession. This, in my opinion, will be a historical opportunity to buy euro-denominated bonds at highly discounted prices down the road. Now, guys, this was it for the article of today. Before you leave, an important reminder. Now, as you know, from January 1st, getting access to the Macro Compass content will require a paid subscription. This is the last broad macro free article for 2022. If you like this content and you want more, there are different tiers available. But the more I look at what the team is producing for 2023, the more I get excited about achieving our mission, which is to help people step up their macro game and become better macro investors. The regular content that you're used to receive on this podcast version and on the newsletter will be greatly enhanced. There will be more frequent and timely macro reports, macro courses, ETF portfolios you can fully replicate from whatever jurisdiction you are, US, Europe, UK, etc. Tactical trade ideas, Again, with sizing, risk management, entry, exit, very precise indications. And most importantly, guys, there will be groundbreaking interactive macro tools. So you can look at the data and play around with, the, with macro exactly like the pro investors do to shape up and come up with your own considerations for your own trade ideas and your own portfolio. In other words, I'll try to deliver to you top quality content data and tools for a fraction of the cost involved with Wall Street services. Think that a Bloomberg subscription is $30,000 a year, an all-round investor subscription is a bit more than $1,000 a year, a fraction of the cost. Now, the gates are closing soon. There is not so much time left, so I'll be waiting for you to check out which subscription tier suits you the most and come join the Macro Compass paid products in 2023. You can check a couple of buttons in the article. One is called join now at the top of the article. The other is called get me in. 
below the article. If you don't want to go into the article, you can instead just type the macrocompass.com forward slash subscribe and you'll land on the subscription page. Thank you guys. And I will be maybe reaching out again once again in 2022 to the free list to uh, wish you Merry Christmas and uh, Happy Holidays. In the meantime, see you again.